Welcome to the Time Out with Josh podcast. I hope you guys are having an awesome day. I know I have been absent for uh, a couple of days here, but we are back. We had some big stuff that we've got going on that we're going to uh, discuss on this podcast and let you guys know about. But first, before we get to that, uh, we want to mention our sponsors. Our sponsor is uh, spreadthecheerusa.org. They are putting on uh, the most amazing Cheer Choice Awards in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, April uh, 8th through 9th. Um, so many of us are going to be there before then. I will be there. I hope I will see you guys there. Um, this is a great event recognizing um, amazing creators in 16 different categories from cooking to home and garden, to travel, to motivational, inspirational, cosplay, etc. This is going to be a great, great event, y'all. It's there to raise money to help spreadthecheerusa.org uh, do what they do best, which is help families in their times of need, especially around the holidays, like the Hop to Hope campaign that's currently going on, and then at Christmas time, helping the families have an amazing Christmas and, and making sure children um, have the Christmas and holidays that they uh, deserve. These are, uh, this organization's great about helping families out. Um, you know, the ones that are in need and, and really need that, um, you know, just that, that, just that little bit, uh, just that little bit that helps, um, you know, families that are in, in a bad spot, you know, bad spot, they're, they're struggling or whatever the case may be, it's there to help them. So, uh, if you guys would definitely go over to www.spreadthecheerusa.org, get your tickets for the Cheer Choice Awards, book your hotel room. It will be at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas on the Strip. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. Look forward to seeing you all there. So let's go ahead and dive into the uh, stuff that's going on. So we got a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, first of all, uh, the Major League Baseball has said that they're going to delay spring training. They're still in lockout. So uh, the thing that I was worried about, the thing that I was concerned about and scared about is happening. We're delaying games now. Don't know how much of an effect that's going to have on um, the season itself. It could shorten the season just if these guys don't get enough of that uh, those workouts and whatnot like that in. We definitely could be looking at a shortened season. So that's happened. The Super Bowl happened. Uh, Super Bowl happened. What I wanted to happen, the Bengals uh, to win, did not happen. Um, like I said, uh, Mr. Matt Stafford does deserve a ring. Um, it's interesting to see what's going to happen in the postseason if he does retire. Hey, I got my ring. I'm done. Um, he is currently the oldest active quarterback in the NFL thanks to Tom Berdy's retirement. Um, so we'll see. We will see what happens. Uh, part of me actually thinks that he stays with the Rams and, and he continues on with them. 
um, you know, at least one more season. Um, he had a good season. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals put up a big fight. Uh, I, I mean, you're going to see them again in postseason next year. I, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to put a bet on that right now that you're going to see that happen. But, uh, congratulations to the LA Rams on their win, uh, of the Super Bowl. Congratulations guys. So let's switch over here. Let's switch over. Let's talk about, uh, uh, something really quick here. Um, right now, we're entering into a, um, I, I think this is the start of a new era uh, in the world, um, in politics, just in general. Um, I mean, we've got Russia posturing and backing up separatists and whatnot like that um, in uh, in Ukraine. Um, we've got the United States posturing and saying, hey, look, we're going to throw sanctions on you. We've we've sent soldiers and equipment over there to Ukraine. Um, let's be real, guys. There There's something underlying here. There's a couple of things, in my opinion, that are underlying. One of those big things is that uh, our, our current president, along with his son, have some dicey dealings, gray, scary, dicey dealings in Ukraine. And I think that the underlying concern is if Russia gets in there, finds these documents and, and figures that all out, that it's going to be made public and it's not going to look good. Um, it, it really won't. And I, I think that's part of the underlying, you know, take the politics out of it as far as, you know, war itself goes and just look at the basic underlying principles of it. We know what's, what's been happening for years in Ukraine and China. Um, with U.S. government um, outside of the actual physical government itself um, and the current administration. And Hunter Biden is Hunter Biden is is on the chopping block right now is what it looks like. <clears throat> you know, that it, it's it's a situation where your dad's a president. You've had some weird dealings. You've had some dealings that have been called to question, you know, congressionally, um, legally and, uh, in the media. And it, it just is not, it's not good. It's not good. And as we've seen in the past with other administrations and other politicians, et cetera, when things like this are going on, you have to look deeper. You really do have to look deeper. I mean, take, Take Dick Cheney, for example. Dick Cheney, principal, you know, owner, controller of Halliburton, and we go to Iraq. And and Halliburton is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, contractors in the Middle East. Um, oil, you know, all that type of stuff. We've we've all heard that stuff. You know, you have Ukraine now and you have dealings with Hunter Biden and um, you know, the prior administration as well as this administration with with Russia. Um, the accusations that have come up against um, Hillary Clinton and uh, what went on at uh, the RNC with Trump, um, as well as with uh, his buildings. And, and, you know, Eric Trump has come out, you know, talked about it, uh, you know, the spying that went on. It's kind of ironic that Richard Nixon got impeached for this. And we've got administrations that are doing far worse than what he ever did. And that's not even come to the table. Um, or if it has come to the table, it's come to the table so lightly that it's not been that big of an issue. So there's a lot going on there. And, you know, the report 
the era that we're looking at right now is democracy across the United States. Um, not only just the United States, but the democracy across the world is facing um, is facing some big, 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 like really big problems. They're facing a big giant. I mean, we all know that democracy does not exist the way it does in the United States. Democracy does not exist in Russia the same way. It doesn't exist in England or Canada or any other country the same way it does here. We are the world's greatest experiment, right? And and let's be real, our founding fathers started this country um, as a republic. That's what we are. We are the republic. Um, we are not a democracy. We are a republic, and it's supposed to be functioned differently. They had no intention of us being a two-party country. They they didn't want that because that's exactly what they left. But all that aside, history lesson aside, let's take a look what we have going on now. As far as the world entering a different era, um, we're looking at regional dominance. That's the biggest thing. Russia Russia has an issue, and and if you want to play devil's advocate, which I'm going to play for for a second here, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. <clears throat> if you look at the whole situation, Russia is looking at Ukraine and saying, we need a buffer. We need a buffer. The countries that are on the other side of Ukraine that border us have nuclear weapons. They have missile defense systems. They have big militaries. They have all of that stuff. What's to keep them from coming and invading us? And the simple answer is countries like Ukraine. These, these countries that are not a part of NATO, um, where NATO can't put missile defense systems there, NATO money can't go to there. And whether you agree with NATO or not, that is the, that is the case. Honestly, Honestly, my personal political opinion on this is if our president were to stand up in front of NATO, which we already know NATO will not take Ukraine on as a country, but if he were to stand up and simply say, just simply state, NATO will not bring on Ukraine. Because think about this, guys, for a second. If you're a country and you see other countries as a threat, but you are not aggressive, and relatively speaking, Russia has not been aggressive um, in, in recent years, um, not at least militarily aggressive, except for some, you know, squabbles here and there um, in the Baltics, etc. They want nothing to do with NATO weapons and and, you know, the possibility of, of nuclear weapons and things like that sitting in Ukraine. So if he does that. If he does that, and if NATO states that, I think it steps a lot of stuff down. Um, even though it's it's known, you know, it you know, kind of Putin sitting there going, "Yeah, I know NATO won't accept Ukraine," and the U.S. is saying, "Yeah, you know, Ukraine won't be part of NATO." It basically kind of de-escalates the situation. That's what I think could work. Um, I, I'm not saying that it would 100. percent I'm not a political strategist by any means, but that's. You know, that's kind of one of the things that I was just thinking. I was like, yeah, you know what? If they did this, it would it would it would take care of it. You know what I mean? Um, I think a lot of problems are coming with um, weird communications that are happening. So we've got the U.S. going Russia's going to, you know, invade in two days or a day or whatever. Um, 
And then you've got Russia going, we're not going to do anything. We're just putting people on the border because we see weapons coming in on the other side. Um, and you got Ukraine going, hey, you need to do more. Um, <clears throat> you know, you need to do you need to do more to protect us and things like that. So basically, it, it's coming down to what we're looking at is is kind of the Bay of Pigs again. We're, we're looking at, um, you know, a Cuban Missile Crisis style type standoff. We're looking at kind of a resurrection of the Cold War. And let's be real, the Cold War has um, escalated and declined multiple times. And we have to look back at where the Cold War started. And Russia is jaded. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here siding with Russia, but we have to understand why Russia feels this way. Okay. So if you go back to World War II, um, you got Adolf Hitler, you know, saying, hey, look, we'll be your friend. We won't invade you. We won't do anything. Right. And then uh, long story short, uh, Germany invades Russia. And then the United States comes along and says, hey, we'll back you. We'll help you. We'll let you have half of Germany. We'll take the other half of Germany when this all happens. And uh, and we're going to we're going to cut you a check for money to help rebuild your country, to help rebuild the infrastructure that was completely decimated by, um, you know, Hitler rolling in there and tearing up uh, the country, you know, tearing up your infrastructure, um, you know, your your manufacturing, et cetera, right? So that goes down. And then we say, hey, Russia, by the way, I know we haven't cut you a check yet, but we need your help in the Pacific. We need you to to take on Japan. Now, keep in mind, Japan and Russia had gone at each other. Japan um, had hit Russia really hard. and um, But the Japanese fully understood that the Russians are, are relentless and they're ruthless. And when it came down to it, Japan sends a letter uh, that gets intercepted by chiefs of staff. Guys, follow this history. Go and read up on it. Um, but it gets it gets taken by the, I think it was the head of the army at the time. He doesn't turn over the letter to the president. He actually encourages us to use the atomic bomb to make a statement. That statement was not made to Japan. Japan was actually in the process of wanting to surrender to the United States. The bomb was used to posture to Russia, to say, hey, look, Russia, we know you got scientists from Germany. We got scientists from Germany. We beat you to the punch. Here's a nuclear weapon. This is what we can do with it. Um, we never cut the check to Russia. We never helped them out the way we said we would. We renege on that. We don't send the money over there. And Russia gets pissed off. Then we end up with, you know, standoffs in Korea, um, in, you know, Cuba, you know, all that stuff, right? So you end up with all of that going on. And then there's a, a, a de-escalation, if you will, of the Cold War. And it's just kind of like, okay, we have weapons, you have weapons. And then we talk about like, okay, well, we're, we're going to cut down on the nuclear weapons so that we don't end up in a Holocaust. We'll cut down on nuclear weapons. You cut down on nuclear weapons. Everybody starts cutting down. And then Russia decides to to do what they did a few years ago and poke, poke at the bear a little bit, if you will, poke at the Cold War bear that's been in hibernation. And things start to escalate back up again. Then you have, you know, accusations of Russian collusion in elections, um, you know, political stuff like that, which, guys, we all know that, um, you know, us as a country, we've been involved in doing things like that politically, trying to remove, you know, leaders from power and things. And Russia knows that. So Russia looks at it and they go, hey, we know you're doing this. We know you do this kind of thing. This is your kind of thing to do. So we're going to do the same thing as well. Counter espionage, espionage all over the board, the whole nine yards. And now we end up with something that has now fully made it to the forefront of media and major news media and things like that. And we end up with Russia as we see it right now. We see Russia as an aggressor. At least that's what 
that's what's being told. Um, Russia is an aggressor. They're, they're rolling up to the Ukraine and they want to start shit. Um, Russia saying, no, we're not, we're not going to start shit. We're just got people at the, at the border because we feel like you're going to start shit. And we're like, well, we're not going to start anything. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to put sanctions on you. And Russia goes, no, you won't. And they, yes, we will. Well, time comes for sanctions to come and go. No sanctions happen. Gas prices for us are going up. Gas prices all over are going up. Um, we are looking at, um, you know, a, a president, Vladimir Putin, who truly, 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 I do not believe um, based on what I've read um, in overseas media and things like that, based on what I've read, the Russian people aren't really behind Vladimir Putin on invading Ukraine. They're not They're not really in support of it. So Vladimir Putin is playing a careful game of politics and um, protection. Um, you know, he's, hey, we're going to protect our country, but also playing the political game of, if I don't have my country behind me, then what happens to me? You know, I've ruled this country for a long period of time. Um I, I have controlled the narrative here. I've done all this stuff. I could lose that. So he's trying to be careful with it. Then you have separatists in Ukraine that want to be a part of Russia. And then you have separatists that are, are you know, the Russian or the Ukrainian government rather that doesn't want to be a part of it. So you've got kind of infighting there. And then you have, you know, what came up, I believe it was uh, end of last week, um, middle end of last week of you know, a school being hit and, you know, possible civilians and there being rebel uprisings and the Russians are responding and then Ukraine is responding. So it's a very volatile situation. I mean, we're looking at a pot of water that's boiling and is close to boiling over. But why is it doing that? Why are we so adamant about this? Um, why is this administration taking this on as such a big public issue? And like I said, I really do believe that it comes down to the dealings um, of of this current administration with that country prior to this administration coming into power. Um, so again, this is one person's opinion, but if we if we look at this, guys, we cannot look at um, conflicts um, at just face value. Uh, I mean, let's look at it this way: the the idea of us going to um, to war. And I'm not, I don't necessarily mean physical tanks and helicopters and soldiers war. I'm talking just war in general. Okay. Um, cyber, uh, you know, the posturing, all that type of stuff. This is a moneymaker for, uh, for our big defense contractors. Okay. Last report I read is that Biden asked for $770 billion for defense spending. Um, that's money guys. I mean, we're, we're not in Afghanistan in a formal sense anymore. We're not there. We're not there in a military sense. I mean, I'm sure we're more than there in a, um, back room sense, the black side of sense of it, CIA type of stuff. Um, but we're not there in a military sense. We are not in a current conflict, if you will, that does not pump money into, Boeing and Lockheed Martin and to weapons manufacturers and to equipment manufacturers for the U.S. military. That means they have to ramp down. That means that they don't employ as many people. They don't contract as many people. They don't build as much stuff. And that makes them lose money, which means the stock market for them and their stocks goes down. Their stock goes down. Their investors aren't happy. They need to make money. 
Guys, simple, simple, simple business, okay? Simple business, y'all. If you're not making money, investors aren't happy. You need to make money. Well, these guys make money by truly putting equipment and weapons, etc., into the hands of our military. And this is one of those things. This, the idea of it, um, the idea that it could happen, the imminence of it happening is truly, truly a reason to spend more money. The more money you spend, you make this money. It's great for you. It's a good thing for you. You make this money and boom, stock, you know, shareholders are happy. Stockholders are happy. All right. Um, the question is, is Russia could lose financial market access, advancing goods if it invades Ukraine. Um, they could lose financial markets and exporting major goods that they have. And we, I mean, all you got to do is look at Russia and look at their major goods that they export and you'd see oil is one of them. Um, but that could, they could lose access to that. Um, if NATO sides with sanctions, which more times than not, that's what NATO is about. Um, then they could lose access to that and that creates problems. So Russia doesn't want to poke that bear too much because then they'll lose money coming into the country. They'll lose exports at the same token, at the same token that stockpiles this stuff for them. Um, it does hurt their economy, but it helps their military. It helps the things that they do. So it's a big wave effect. There's a lot of things that are going into place here that we have to, as people, we have to look behind the scenes. Guys, we can't just look at, oh my God, Russia is about to invade Ukraine and the United States is going to get involved. You've got to look at all the other aspects of this. Why is this happening? What is making this happen? Et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now let's, let's go to, um, let's, let's go down to, uh, Canada, for instance. Uh, let's, let's talk about Canada. Um, I just saw just recently that, uh, Canada has, or, or the truckers rather are talking about a possible movement into, um, DC, uh, I saw articles and reports of them putting the fencing up and things like that to protect on those things. Um, and that being the next major stand. Um, I don't know how much of that is actually going to happen, considering that uh, the administration lost their big bid for, you know, mandatory vaccinations um, to the Supreme Court. That was brought up multiple times, Supreme Court and various states, as well as the high Supreme Court. Um, and that was struck down. They pulled back from that. There's more and more and more states that are that are um, just basically saying, hey, look, COVID's something we're going to have to deal with and uh, we're dealing with it. And, you know, we're, we're done with this this emergency status BS. Right. Um, rumors are that March um, you will lose, uh, you know, some of these mass mandates federally on like public transportation and things like that. Um you know, that kind of stuff is going on. So do do I see that the truckers come in to the United States or the truckers in the United States come in and start shutting places down with their protest? No, not honestly, I, I don't really see that happening. The reason it did in Canada is because Canada's restrictions are so much greater. Now, the crazy part about it, this is the crazy part. Um, I have seen videos, as you guys probably have, seen videos of how the police are handling people up in Canada it is ironic because we all here in the United States usually look at Canadians as being nice people and super, super, super apologetic about everything. They say, I'm sorry to everything they do and please and thank you. And it's kind of crazy to see how that's being handled up there. Um, 
the crazy thing, this is what I want everybody to kind of take a look at for a second. These truckers shut down a city peacefully, right? There was no violence. There was no, you know, breaking into buildings. There was no throwing of, of Molotov cocktails. There was no, you know, trying to beat up police. There was none of that. They just parked the trucks and sat and they locked everything down until something had to happen. Um, and Trudeau, um, who very, very, very publicly, um, put out there how much of a dictatorship mindset that he has, whether he's a dictator or not, that that's to be argued, but the mindset, his personal mindset and how, you know, I'm going to use the military, I'm going to use the police this way. We're going to remove the trucks. We're going to do this and that. Um, it was okay. We're not going to, we're not going to negotiate. You know, we're not going to we're not going to work with you guys. We're not going to figure out how we can make this function again um, and just literally, in my opinion, use the government in a bad way. Trudeau getting reelected or Trudeau be, staying in the position that he's in is probably minimal at best. Um, Canadians as a whole, we saw them support the truckers. We saw them show up with gas cans and help them. And then when they were being searched about gas cans, they showed up with empty ones and full ones. They, they work their way around it. And, and I have to applaud the Canadians because as a whole, and obviously there's different little aspects and we know the little stories and stuff that have come out in the news. As a whole, the Canadians protested the right way, guys. Um, and they did it in a way that caused, excuse me, that caused a serious, serious, serious splash. I mean... Every news media across, I would say, every first world country knew exactly what was going on in Canada. I mean, I saw a video of veterans that responded to cops in Canada by taking off their military ribbons and awards and saying, this is not what I fought for. You guys are being tyrannical. This is not what I fought for. I fought for freedom. I fought for liberty. And you guys are, are going against that. And this is not my country. This is not how I see my country. And I, I'm really, really, really um, understanding of that. I get it completely. Um, the crazy part about it is, you know, Canada is saying that emergency powers still are needed. The prime minister is citing signs of new blockades. Stuff like that. Instead of trying to negotiate, the prime minister is going against his people. And and if you listen to the polls and you listen to the the people of Canada, it's crazy because you can see Canadians are fed up. They're just fed up. They they want their freedoms back. They want to be able to do what other countries are doing, and they don't understand it. Um, they don't get it, and they're upset. Um, you know, the transatlantic network is connecting France's freedom convoy to Canada. It's happening across countries. We've seen it. We're, we're seeing it in Brazil. We're seeing it all over Europe, Canada. And again, the, the guess is that we're going to have it happen again here in the United States. And it's just, it's crazy. Um, it's absolutely nuts. So that's what's going on there. Those are the those are the major headlines. We've got a couple other headlines that have come out, um, you know, and, and things that are happening uh, that are around the world um, that we're going to keep an eye on. Things like, um, uh, you know, the stuff going on with, um, you know, the Trump 
app that he's put out, Donald Trump's app that he's put out. And I think we're seeing a major fallout on and in, in the Republican Party from Trump with more and more things that are coming to light post-presidency. Um, it, it's kind of crazy, uh, you know, stand where you want to. That's the beautiful part of this country. But um, I think that uh, the actions that are being taken against Donald Trump at this time uh, legally and and how the courts are ruling against him. Um, I will put it out there right now. You will not see a Trump in office. Um, there will not be a Trump. And when I say Trump, a Trump name um, in office, you will not see that uh, happen. Um either by marriage or by blood. Uh, you will not see a Trump uh, get into office. Um, just not going to happen. I, I, I don't see it happening. So uh, it will be interesting to see what happens, but that's that's it. Uh, on the on the Trump thing or on the on the Putin thing, this just came up on my on my news feed. Putin does declare 6,500 square miles of Ukraine is no longer Ukraine. Um, President Putin has unilaterally, well, I can't say that word, declared that two chunks of eastern Ukraine um, should be considered independent states in a dramatic escalation that could um, lead to all-out war. Again, this is from Reuters. Um, routers, routers, uh, whatever you want to call it. That's where it's coming from. In addition to his um, nation, or in an address to his nation on Today, the Russian president formally announced that the uh, immediate recognition of pro-Kremlin regions of uh, Luhansk and Donetsk, uh, which stretch over 6,500 miles as independent of Ukraine. He's declaring that. Obviously, Ukraine is going against that. They're saying, no, that's still Ukraine. Um, no, Ukraine did not attack Donetsk or Luhansk, uh, Don Donetsk or Luhansk. Um, sabotagers or APCs over the Russian border. They didn't shell Russian territories. The shell, uh, they didn't shell a Russian border crossing and they didn't conduct acts of sabotage. Ukraine does not plan any such actions. Um, and Russia, they're, they're calling Russia out. And this was on Twitter saying, uh, stop your fake, uh, fake producing factory now. Um, so Basically, right now, it's just a whole bunch of posturing, like I said before. So just keep that in mind. Uh, that is what's going on in the news uh, there. So having said all that stuff, let's talk about uh, let's talk about a couple of different other uh, little lighter, little lighter things um, and and talk about uh, some of the stuff that's going on um, in our uh, in, in our timeout with Josh family stuff. So first of all, I am coming out with an app, y'all. It's going to be the Time Out with Josh app. It is an app specifically for um, for you guys. So, and it's an app to uh, to kind of bring a lot of stuff together. So, basically, what it is is this: you'll be able to go there on a monthly subscription, uh, very inexpensive monthly subscription, and get access to recipes. Uh, cooking videos, um, access to being able to get um, cooking lessons, stuff like that, as well as the merch, um, any products that uh, that I put out, like the rub that I've got coming out, y'all, which I am super excited about. That's going to be coming as well. Um, we're also putting up there the life coaching stuff as well as cameos. So if you guys want to get a video shout out to your friends 
and your family members, yourself, whatever it is, birthday, anniversary, just a motivational shout out. Hey, just to let you know, I love you. I'm thinking about you. Shout out. Whatever it is, definitely take a look at that. Um, It will be coming in the next couple of days. I'll be posting it up there. I'm excited to roll it out to you guys. We're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff on that. Um, If you guys have any um, feedback on it, things that you want to see, definitely hit me up on Instagram at Time Out With Josh, and I will definitely work with you guys um, to try to make it as much as an app about y'all as it is about my products and about my stuff. You'll be able to listen to the podcast directly from the app as well, which is really, really cool. I'm super excited. We'll have Hangouts, um, you know, special content that's only on the app and not on my other social media platforms. So super excited for that. Um, and we're going to be rolling that out. Guys, this podcast is going to be a little bit shorter today. I am keeping this podcast shorter. I've got a lot of stuff going on, but I wanted to make sure that um, I I weighed in on some of those things. I've been asked by a lot of people what I think about uh, what's going on in the world uh, with Ukraine and uh, and whatnot. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. I hope you guys have a most fantastic day. I've got some great content coming up here. Just got off the phone with one of my buddies. We're going to be doing something fun and hilarious, um, you know, once, twice, three times a month kind of thing. Real fun content for you guys here on the podcast. It's growing. It's getting out there. I appreciate you guys smashing that follow button and uh, downloading the podcast, sending it to your family members, your friends, and getting them on board as well. Again, as always, if you guys want a certain subject you want me to talk about, books, news, sports, uh, current events, um, stories, whatever it is, definitely shoot me a message on Instagram at timeoutwithjosh or go to my website, www.timeoutwithjosh.com. Send me a message there. I get your emails. I read them. I promise you I read them. Um, and I try to respond back to every single one of them. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. Be good. Be good to others. And we'll see you on the next show.